have we been trusting God? Uh, mortifying the flesh and being disciplined. We have to trust God to do what God said he's going to do. We have to trust God even when we don't want to trust God. Welcome to The Healing Touch with Bishop Ronald F. Kimball, presiding bishop of the Life Center Churches. You can find out more about Bishop Kimball and Life Center Church at www.thelifecenter.org. Now, here's Bishop Kimball with today's message. Tuesday morning, the overseer and Pastor Orange had, Pastor Orange just popped up in the office, but we were in talking and I, I shared with them the thought I had Tuesday morning that came to me. Do you really trust God? And I put emphasis on really. We've talked about faith, and this is not where I wanted to go this morning. I want to continue on the mortification part, but this was so, so strong on me this week until I, I have to share this with you. And I don't think you would be disappointed because I wasn't. It was a very serious thought. Do you really trust God? So I told, told the brothers, I say, I don't know if God get ready to send me through something. I, I don't know. And we talked about it for a while, and the scripture that came to me was Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And when I read that, I say, our faith as opposed to his faith, because I was always taught by Dr. Zodiates, a great exegete. If you looking into the scripture, you always ask questions. You ask a lot of questions. You get as much out of it as you possibly can. Our faith, the author and finish of our faith, we was tossing around a while, and different scholars in different Bibles word that differently. The author and finisher of the faith, the author and finisher of faith, they saw different things there. But I didn't really spend a lot of time trying to figure out which scholar was right or which version was correct. But I looked a little further at this as I went home and I saw something that pertains to us today. And I wrote this, then I'm going to get into the message. This virus has caused much hurt and death. The signs we are looking for that point to a more stable future has not appeared. COVID-19, as it is called, is causing economic problems. And these problems are hurting many families and many businesses. The government can only do so much. The main problem is one that there is no cure for, and it can't be overlooked. The main problem is not COVID, but the fear of COVID. Who wants to die? Everything we do points to this problem, the fear of death. The fear of death. We're not afraid of COVID. We're afraid of death. 
the empty shelves in the stores, the shortages of our supplies. We get selfish and only want to be around certain people. Fear today is more deadly than the virus, but there's no vaccine for fear. The fear of death and awful thought to many, but it is so true. I said, wow, you know, I, I, I wrote that while I was looking at my message. I don't think it's COVID. We're afraid of what COVID can do. What do you know personally about Jesus? Personally. I'm not talking about from Sunday school. I'm not talking about from a sermon or a friend or conference you went to. Personally, what do you know about Jesus? I'm going down the road now. When Paul met Jesus on the Damascus Road, that was an experience he never forgot that stayed with him all of his life. In our present-day church world, those kind of experiences are far, few, and a little in between. To meet Jesus and then it impacts you for the rest of your life to the point where you're willing to give your life for what Jesus did for you. His life was changed forever. His only knowledge of Jesus, and this is very, very important because it caused me to think when I, when, I, when I looked at this and I thought about this, his only knowledge of Jesus came from the Old Testament. There was no New Testament per se. The letters were not written. He couldn't tell the Galatians to read Galatians because he hadn't written a letter to them. All Paul knew about Jesus came from the Old Testament. Being a Pharisee, the Pharisees' main, their, their, their main thing was, there's only one God, and to be right with him, you had to follow the Mosaic law. This is what they believed. Jesus was not a part of that. And that's why Paul did everything he could do to destroy the church because they believed in Jesus and the Pharisees couldn't see beyond the law and God. Are, are, are you with me? And God saved this man on the road to Damascus, blinded him, and that Ananias opened his eyes and when his eyes were open, the revelation began to come in. And all Paul understood about Jesus, he understood from the Old Testament. So I thought about that. Think about that. Can you take the Old Testament today and lead somebody to Jesus? It's just don't, don't get into the New Testament. Can you go out this afternoon and as Luke says, Jesus did. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets. Now that's heavy. Do you know Jesus well enough in the scriptures 
to lead somebody to him, to bring somebody to faith in Jesus just from the Old Testament. That would be a very difficult thing to do for many people. And I thought about it. I said, you know, I'd have to do a little studying here. But we're so used to quoting scriptures, not bringing them revelation. And that's what Paul did. He didn't quote scriptures. He wrote them from revelation. Are, are you with me here? Hang with me. What he quoted from the Old Testament, he had a revelation of it. And that's what the scriptures is all about. If everyone in the church today could use the scripture the way the apostle Paul used scripture, I believe we have a lot more conversions rather than somebody joining the church. They'll connect with Jesus. That's what God wants. He wants a connection with Jesus. We hear the scriptures weekly. We hear the scriptures as we read and study at home. We quote them. Oh, how we quote the scriptures. And we use the scriptures. But the challenge is, can you lead somebody to Jesus? Now, that's, that's heavy right there. That's heavy. As a matter of fact, you hear it every week, whether Facebook, most people, I would say, preaching, teaching, you have your favorite person you listen to, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what's insulting to God, I believe, is when we could hear all of this, and we have been in church for so long, as a matter of fact, we have been in multiple churches and still can't do what Paul did his life doing for Jesus, bringing somebody to Jesus. Luke 24, 7 says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. Now, that's a task. That's a task. And I would challenge you to learn how to use the Old Testament. You know why I challenge you to do that? Because now to take a revelation that I have to take a real close relationship with, with God to get that revelation. Paul was a strict Pharisee, and he had the experience of his life on that Damascus road. And what did God do? Listen to me carefully. He opened the Scriptures to him. He opened the Scriptures to him. And his writings about the revelation that God gave him on the Damascus Road. And that is the wisdom of God that he gave him as he wrote on the Damascus Road. Now, for the rest of his life, he had to trust God. For the rest of his life. For the rest of his life. How long have we been trusting God? Uh, mortifying the flesh and being disciplined. We have to trust God to do what God say he's going to do. We have to trust God even when we don't want to trust God. For the rest of his life, his life was never the same now because he had to trust God. When this thought came to me Tuesday morning, do you really trust God? And I thought about COVID. And I says, even in the face of death, do I trust God Hmm. Do I really believe that God 
is with me. Do you believe that? Hebrews 12 verse 2 says this. Fixing our eyes on Jesus or looking unto Jesus, some versions would say, the author and perfecter of faith. That's the New American Standard Version. The author and perfecter of faith. The author and perfecter of faith. We should fix our eyes where? On Jesus. King James say, looking unto Jesus. It's only used two times in all of the New Testament, that word looking or fixing, only used two times. And I was told years ago, when you find a word in the New Testament, it's only used a few times, one time, two times. There's some words only used one time in all of the New Testament. There's something very, very important God wants us to see. He only uses the word twice. And Paul uses it then. In Philippians 2 and here in Hebrews 12, 2. Looking or fixing to view with undivided attention by looking away from every other object. To view with undivided attention by doing what? Looking away from every other object. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, you shouldn't see nothing but Jesus. This is what the scripture teaches us. You can't look all around. We see so much stuff happening to us and we find so much wrong because you are looking at the wrong thing. Fixing your eyes on Jesus means looking away from every other object. You only see Jesus. And I believe this was Paul's success. He only saw Jesus. He didn't see the people beating him. He didn't see himself drowning when he was shipwrecked. He didn't see that. We see so much stuff outside of Jesus. And those are the things that trouble us. Jesus don't trouble you. It's what you see apart from Jesus. And the writer makes it perfectly clear uh, that we are to look away from every other object to stare or gaze at. Paul writes to the Corinthians, and he said, while we look not at the things that are what? Seen, but at the things that are not seen. The only way we're going to make it, you got to trust God in everything he asks you to do. You got to see what God tells you to see, and you have to see it the way God tells you to to see it. The mere reason many people are really what I would call in, in situations today, you see too much stuff outside of Jesus. <laughs> you're looking at this, you see that, oh, that's wrong, and you're calling people talking about what you see and what you heard. Hey, come on, let's follow the scripture here. Looking under Jesus. By looking away from everything, you don't see that. To view with undivided attention. What a word. To view with undivided attention by not looking at any other object. Now that takes a serious 
discipline. And the reason I, I looked at this and I took it so, so serious and so plain is because so much stuff come before our eyes, so much stuff come into our ears, and we try to carry that and listen to the Word of God. And we're confused. Oh, my God. And then you find yourself, and I say you find yourself, we find ourselves as human, talking about everything but Jesus. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I told you, we're going to be all right today. We're going to be all right. Now, looking under Jesus, the author finishes our faith, you staring at him. Not only Joel, eyes locked on him, your mind, your attention, and everything else is locked where God say put it, on Jesus. Whatever you are going through, stop looking at it, stop talking about it, stop complaining about it. And do what God say do. Fix your eyes well on Jesus. Give Jesus your undivided attention. Sit down and read a Bible verse. Sit down and say a small prayer. But keep your eyes well on Jesus. The people who Paul wrote this to in the book of Hebrews, they were going through some very difficult times like we are. And they were not growing and they were not developing as they should because a few references here in Hebrews lets us know that. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11 through 14, Paul says, Concerning him we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, Look at what he's telling them. By this time, you ought to be teachers. You have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. What was going on with these people? When Paul wrote this letter to them, and if you go to the last chapter and the verse in there, Paul tells them what kind of letter this was. He tells them, but I urge you, brethren, bear with this word of exhortation. Bear with this word. He was exhorting them, comforting them, if you will. For I have written to you briefly. I didn't write you a long letter. I wrote you a short letter. He's exhorting people who were in trouble. He was exhorting people who was going through some difficult times. And this is what he told them. You, by this time, should be grown up. You should be teaching others. But now you need to be taught all over again. Now that's, that's just not the way things go. And once you look at the condition of our churches and look at the condition of people, they have been in church for a long time and still not teachers. By this time, by this time, after, let's, let's, let's cut it short, let's say 15 years. After 15 years, you ought not be a church attender. Uh, you ought not be just a member of the church. 
or your second or third church. But this time, Paul writes to them, and he says, you ought to be teachers, but you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you'd like this message in its entirety, contact us by phone at 407-628-3229, extension 114, or visit our online store at www.thelifecenter.org.